Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That is Tyler Siski. It's episode 105 here today on Monday, September the 11th. Hope you had a uh, hope you had a great weekend. Hope you are uh, having a uh, a good Monday on the day that I think should be a national day of mourning. But uh, I'm apparently sort of alone, or not alone. I'm in the minority on that. I think we should. I think we should uh, should always remember this day. But our, our thoughts and prayers are with all of those who uh, lost loved ones on uh, that horrific day. Some was it twenty two years ago? Twenty two years ago, brother. Um, <clears throat> this day, I was telling somebody earlier. It, it kind of hits me different. Um, I remember. I'll, I'm going to ask Jeff when he gets on here in just a few minutes. Um, before I get into this, I want to welcome officially today, before we get going, uh, Cooper Chevrolet Buick in Anniston, Alabama is now the Cooper Chevrolet chat. They are the proud sponsor of the, uh, chat room. And so whenever we go to the chat, I'll be going to the Cooper Chevrolet chat. And just so you guys know, during September, you can get a low 3.9% financing for 72 months on new Chevy Silverado crew cab pickups at Cooper Chevrolet in Anniston. For more information, go to coopershevrolet.com. Um, I'm excited to have these guys on board. Uh, I have gotten just about every vehicle I've purchased from Cooper Chevrolet over the years. And uh, especially now with all the financing and the interest rates going up, they took care of me. Just bought one about a month ago. So yeah, my guys at Cooper Chevrolet on board, so appreciate those guys. We're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. Absolutely, by the way, thank you to the people at Cooper for uh, putting your trust in us. We'll uh, try not to let you down too terribly many times. Uh, that's that's the best we can promise. Um, brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. So check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Yeah, I'm rocking the Valencia orange today. So this tastes like the orange sun-kissed for me. Okay. Love it. Right. I'm a big orange soda guy. I haven't had an orange soda in I'm trying to think. The last time I had one was at SEC Media Days, probably six, seven years ago. I haven't had an orange soda in that long. Um, it's but one, easily one of my favorite things, like in terms yeah, of good. like a guilty pleasure, yeah. is like a orange, a a, a sun kissed. That's Even the is. orange Fanta. Remember back in the day, the orange crush? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm all over it. Yeah. That's I bad. always like that stuff. Um, now, before what I was saying before we started ad reads, um, really sad day for me. Um, probably the most somber I've been as an adult that, you know, it just you felt like you lost loved ones, even though you really didn't know. I didn't personally know anyone yeah. in that situation. Um, I was uh, my first year, I was coaching tackles and tight ends at Northwestern State in Actors, Louisiana. And we had an all-staff meeting. And uh, we had one TV in the entire building that had cable. It was in the linebackers, for whatever reason, Kevin Corliss's meeting room. And when we came out of the all-staff meeting, our, where we had the meeting was downstairs of our facility, as soon as we came out, Tom, uh, our custodian there, who's been, who was there for a long time, said, man, a plane just crashed into the World Trade Center. And we're like, huh? He's like, yeah, man, they got it up on the TV upstairs. And so we went up there, and then the day unfolded. You yeah. know, and just um, obviously practice was canceled. 
So we thought we were still going to play. We, that was on a Tuesday. We practiced Wednesday and Thursday. And, you know, you have 20 back then. You had 24 period practices, right? And you always finish with team. Um, and I remember I was coaching, uh, like I said, tackles and tight ends. And we had we were playing Gardner-Webb was the team we were getting ready to play. So this is the last practice, end of the last practice before we were going to play. And we had put in a game plan play. And this is back in the old 21 personnel days when you actually had to, like, block people. Um, and they had a unique front. And my tight end came comes off and he's, like, pissed because he missed the deal. And I said, don't worry about it. We're, we're not going to be playing. Yeah. So comes our guy right here. Perfect timing. There he is, the man himself, the minister of mayhem, joining us live again on this Mayhem Monday, Jeff Collins. Jeff, how we doing, brother? Doing good. Can y'all hear me? Got you, man. Perfect. Got you're you. loud and clear. I had to change the font. I still had you up as Matt Luke, who joined us last Thursday. I forgot to fix that. I'm like, <laughs> people are going to go, that's not Matt Luke. I'm like, I know. I'm fixing it. Chill. Um, good dude, though. He good is dude. a very good dude. You, you joined us. I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to ask you because I always find it, you know, coaching. We we when you start coaching, you get so locked into what's going on, you, you don't really pay attention to the outside world. I always find it interesting, considering it was on a Tuesday. Where were you on September eleventh, two thousand one? What were you doing when you found out what happened? Yeah, I was the uh, tight ends coach here in Atlanta. Uh, Billy O'Brien was the OC. I was the tight ends coach. Uh, Tyler was my only year uh, coaching offense. And it was probably for a good reason, uh, much better suited as a defensive dude. Uh, but uh, interesting, we had a uh, 7.30 staff meeting, big staff. Then 8.30, we had a defensive uh, staff meeting that Coach O'Leary would always join in and come to. And 8.30 comes, he's not in there. 8.35 comes, he's not in there. And then rumors start floating in and out of the of the room of what's happening and, uh, you know, it was, it was a surreal experience because um, to open the season, uh, we played Syracuse in the kickoff classic in the Meadowlands. And so the day before the game, we do one of those circle line tours around Manhattan, Statue of Liberty, see the Twin Towers, get, you know, uh, photo opportunities. Uh, then we're 10th ranked, beat Citadel at home. Then we go to Navy, win 70 to 7. And I distinctly remember this, uh, going up to the press box, and you see all these four- and five-star generals, all these people, in, in, you know, you know, booted and suited head-to-toe, um, enjoying a, a nice, you know, uh, fall Saturday. And I distinctly remember the news that we got, and I immediately thought of those guys that I had, and ladies that I had just seen in uniform enjoying a nice fall Saturday – knowing that they're probably in a situation room right now, figuring out what we're going to do and making plans that, that is affecting all of us in the, in the country, all of us in the world. And, uh, you know, it was a surreal experience. Then we go out uh, to a Tuesday practice, not really knowing what's going to uh, happen. But downtown Atlanta, you guys know the traffic and the, the noise and all those things that are 24-7. I'll remember distinctly being on that practice field and it was just eerily quiet. No cars on the road, no planes flying o overhead because 
you know, all yeah. the air traffic had been shut down and just the surreal uh, gravity of the situation hit me at that moment. Uh, you know, and then, you know, obviously the, the game against Florida state number two versus I think number nine, uh, got canceled and pushed back to the end of the year. You know, you mentioned that about Atlanta. One of the memories I have of it, the whole thing is I was covering Auburn at the time and Auburn played at Syracuse the Saturday, not the Saturday after nine 11, they were supposed to play LSU in Baton Rouge. That game got pushed to the end of the season. So their next game was at Syracuse. And I flew up to Syracuse on Thursday, and my flight was Mobile to Atlanta to Syracuse. And Hartsfield's normally a zoo. You know, it's just people, and you're just like just trying to maneuver your way through this morass of humanity. And there was no one at the Mobile airport, which was not exactly. I mean, it it wasn't a big deal. But I remember the stark getting off the plane in Atlanta – to walk to my connecting flight. And in your mind, you're always like, hey, you got to go, got to go, you know, because it's going to take a minute. There's nobody there. It's a ghost town. But to the point where you're like, Did, is everything okay? I mean, I knew everything wasn't okay, but it was just totally different. And getting on the plane in Atlanta was one of those big planes and the the um, stewardess or whatever was the, the polit- politically correct term for that. Yeah. She said, um, sit wherever you'd like. There's only like nine or ten of you. Wow. On this giant plane. And it was just, that was, that was crazy. And then I've said this, I told this on our morning show today, the governor of New York, Pataki, was at the Syracuse-Auburn game. And what I remember distinctly was the security around that building, getting in. It was, you you knew, like, I've, we all knew, but it was like, that was that really come to fruition moment. Like, oh yeah, life is different now. That's the only game that I ever coached in or played in either that we actually flew like the next week we played Elon was our next game. It was on the road and and they're in North Carolina for those that don't know. And we actually from Natchitoches, we bust Thursday night after practice, we bust and spent the night like a little bit into Texas and then got up and took a commercial plane. The entire team took a commercial flight out of Dallas which is you know three and a half four hours away from Natchitoches, because we couldn't get a uh, we couldn't get a charter, and so we flew commercial from Dallas to I'm assuming Charlotte. I don't know where we were where we landed, but the same kind of thing is like instead of going, you know, Jeff, no, when you go you travel a team, you're in a in an FBO right, and then security right. and all that stuff. Dude, we were going through normal security and no one being in the airport. It was just it was just an eerie deal, man. So right. All right, let's let's. Uh, but I just want to start the show off with that. I thought that was important. I'm never going to forget. It's something that that changed. Uh, I think our everybody's life in this country forever. So um, and respect. It's just crazy that you know the kids that we're covering right now and talking about and coaching. They they don't. Most of them. I don't know if any of them were even alive when it happened. Sure, don't you know, remember it. You know real, what I mean? That's, right. That's the surreal part too. Is that it's such a visceral memory for us. And such an important event that, you know, changed the world. And, you know, I saw Marcus Freeman today at Notre Dame did a history lesson of what 9-11 was for the Notre Dame team. And I think those kind of things are important. I do, too. Yeah. I, my, my oldest is 22. She was five months old on, on 9-11. And I've always tried to tell her, hey, you know, you, you need to understand because you'll be asked about it, you know, because you were born that year. You, you need to understand what that was. It was some monumental 
horrific day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's get to some football here. Uh, and I know you, being an ACC guy, SEC guy, you've been around. Tez, I just want to get your thoughts on this. Tez Walker, wide receiver from um, North Carolina, was ruled ineligible by the NCAA. Uh, for back- background, he had originally started at North Carolina Central. Yes. And then he transferred to Kent State, I believe. Correct. And then he transferred to North Carolina. So he was appealing on the grounds of mental health and such to become immediately eligible on a second transfer. So Mac Brown, who I know you know very well, came out with a very strong statement towards the NCAA. Um, After reading it, kind of what went through your mind after reading Mac Brown's statement? Yeah, just the the level of respect I have for Coach Brown – uh, I don't think we've got enough time on the Mayhem Monday segment or really the entirety of the show for me to express how, how I feel about Coach Brown. Um, you know, his statement was very strong. And, uh, you know, I think he's one of the few uh, men in college football um, that can have such a, a, a big statement, an important statement of support, you know, of his player, and you know, um, you know, calling out some things that, you know, he obviously didn't agree with. And, you know, one of the things that I've had to do is as a head coach is I've been through the process and to sit in, have the young man come to your office, get their parents on the phone, whatever the process is, and look them in the eye when all their hopes and dreams are built into this and then be told that, you know, their appeal or their waiver or the decision has been denied, it's heartbreaking. And then the more you learn about Tez Walker's story and what he's been through in uh, North Carolina Central, not even playing the year that he was there uh, during COVID and all those things and having to transfer from North Carolina, where he's from, you know, to, to Kent State and then transfer back with some, you know, family um, health issues as well. You know, it, it's heartbreaking, um, you know, to learn the the entirety of the situation, especially when you see guys that are on their third, fourth, school in six years, you know, getting to play on Saturdays, you know, so I just, um, I'm thankful that coach Brown did that. And then his athletic director uh, obviously expressed the same sentiments. Um, But I will tell you this about coach Brown. He got the ACC through COVID. You know, we would have weekly hour to two hour long meetings as coaches on zoom and just his wisdom, his guidance, his thoughtfulness, um, and I know for him to make such a big statement, it wasn't just flying off the cuff. You know, it was heartfelt and genuine um, with the facts and all those things behind it. And, uh, you know, I just I just think the world of Coach Mack, uh, personally, what he's meant to me over the last uh, really six years that I've gotten to be close with him and uh, continue to be. So, you know, I stand with Coach Brown and uh, stand with Tez. I want to get back to Tez in a second. You bring something up that I'd never heard about. I'm, I'm really interested in this. So you guys in that 2020 season, which was bizarre for everyone associated with it, you guys are all trying to beat each other's brains out on, on Saturday, and you're trying to recruit against each other, but you're having Zoom calls with like almost commiserating with, hey, here's how we're trying to get through this. Here's what we did. Here's what you could that's, – that's interesting to me. It was, it was once a week. You know, we would get on – sometimes there would be emergency – you know, we had an ACC. We all have group texts that we're in. There were we had an ACC head coaches text. Hey, in an hour, I need all of you to find a way to get onto this Zoom link, and we got to talk about this, this, and the other thing. And uh, I just, you know, you you learn a lot about people. 
Uh, you know, obviously when things are going great, you know, you learn things about people, but when you go through hard times, the, the real people and the people that are genuine in their nature, it comes out and it gets revealed. And Mac Brown, David Cutcliffe, uh, their leadership, their guidance through all of that, um, was amazing. I mean, it changed, you know, the course of college football for the short term, uh, during that. And uh, I just the amount of love and respect I gained for Coach Brown and, and Coach Cutcliffe during that time is immeasurable. That's fascinating. All right, I want to get back to Daz because, right, let me let me preface this with I'm going to play devil's advocate. Personally, I agree with you. I agree with Mac 100%. Here's the other side, and I get where the people are when they say this. This is where I think college football I wrote about this today yesterday it came out late last night but basically today college football's kind of got to fit college athletics kind of has to sit down i think jeff and have a soul searching session they got to sit down and kind of figure out hey who are we what are we you know because on one hand everyone says we got to have some rules and then you put the ncaa in a weird spot because they're like okay y'all told us we have to have rules you don't want two transfers He's asking for a second transfer. I get that there's extraneous things. There's, 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 there's his grandmother has some issues. Y'all know a lot of grandmothers have issues. I mean, we, we're going to open this box. And once we do, the floodgates are going to open up. And once we allow a second transfer, who's to stop a third transfer, right? That's where they're coming from. And again, I, I agree with you. I agree with Mac. I think that all of the evidence points to this kid being able to play this year. Right. That is the other side, and I do think when that gets debated, right, in debate school here, you're like, well, I mean, I, I kind of get it. You're asking the NCAA, legislate something, and then they legislate it, and you're like, hell no, don't legislate it. And so at some point, it's, what do you want? If I'm if I'm the NCAA, and normally I don't ever want to be the NCAA, I can't stand them. I think they do a remarkably bad job on a lot of different things. But in this case, they're like, what do you want us to do? And I think it's a fair question on their part. Yeah. Jeff, go ahead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was trying to act like the, the screen had frozen for a second. So I didn't have yeah, to comment like... on that. <laughs> um, but you know but what I, I mean? Think, and I've been on all those things where we get the votes and, um, you know, but I think that takes the, the person and the situation out of it at times. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the, the, the way the, the voting committees are formed, you know, you could, I, if I'm correct or if I'm incorrect, that's fine, too, is sometimes the, the people that are voting on player from school X are completely different than the committee that's voting on the player from school Y. And that's where inconsistencies come. Totally and agree. In this whole age of conference realignment and the reshaping of college football. And I think Tyler knows what I'm about to say is drop the hammer. You know, Go ahead. Kind of college football commissioner or somebody that is college football is a different entity. You know, all the sports are important, all the sports matter, but it's just such a different uh, product that, you know, somebody that like a Mac Brown, I don't know if he would ever want to do it, but somebody like Coach Brown uh, or David Cutcliffe, um, a wise, you know, uh, somebody that's thoughtful and understands the game at all levels. You know, those kind of things, people, you know, with that kind of experience uh, to be in leadership positions, 
that have an impact on the day-to-day operation of college football. It's well, where when people do the, it's pro sports, I'm like, well, guys, it's not pro sports because if you look at pro sports, these are the things that pro sports have. And in every pro sport, you've got a commissioner. I guess that's what they call it in all of it, right? I mean, you've got you, you, you've got Goodell. You've got uh, Rob Manfred. or you, You've got all these people that are the, the commissioners of their sports, and, and they have people that work for them. And so they have like a sounding board that they go to, and then they make a decision, and that decision is kind of final. And it, you don't have that in, in collegiate athletics, really. I think Jeff hit the nail on the head, and I want to reiterate it in case the, it didn't sink in for the fans. One of the biggest problems, Jeff, thank you for saying that, one of the biggest problems with the NCAA is people think that there's a group of these five individuals or something. And they go, it goes, every decision goes to their desk and they talk through it and they come up with some decision. No, you could have, I'm not joking when I say this, you can have two different case, the same case. Tez could have sent his case to somebody else and you would have come up with a different outcome. You have, when you, when you have all these, everybody thinks it's just the NCAA and they, this blanket. no, the way they do it, it you don't. There's no telling who's getting who's getting this decision or case or waiver or whatever, and it just things come out completely different. And you're really up to the, you know, just pot luck with who gets your case, right? Yeah, of course. And it's just not the way to do things. And you know, I was just going to say when he was talking about Cutcliffe or Mac or whoever decides to be the college football commissioner, if Jalen Mineral doesn't figure out what cover two is, it may be Nick Saban. He may he may, he may end up saying he's going to be the commissioner because that was rough the other night, but. Uh, speaking of thoughts, on, I just gave you my, one of my thoughts. Uh, we'll finish up with this. I know you've been generous with your time today. Um, sure. Thoughts yeah, about the the big win between uh, the big win of Texas, the the actual fourth quarter domination of Texas over Alabama on Saturday. Yeah, and I was on the show last week predicting the game, and I you know I went with Coach Saban. You and I both love him, think the world of him, and uh, you know hard to go against him at home. College game day, Bryant Denny, the entire thing, um, you know. But you kind of look at last season, uh, twenty twenty two, the games that they lost in the regular season, Tennessee and LSU. It, it's one play here or there that decides that game. Each each of those games, that wasn't the case against Texas. I mean, Texas played as complete of a game offensively and defensively, um, coaching. And the the thing about the SEC that's different is the defensive linemen that are across the league. I mean, they're they're ridiculous. Texas, a year ahead of them entering the SEC, they had an SEC defensive line that outplayed Alabama's defensive line. And then the quarterback obviously outplayed Alabama's quarterback. And when that happens, you know, in this league, you know, you're going to have a chance to win, and Texas did that. And uh, hats off to Sark. Um, thought he caught a great game, an aggressive game, and, uh, you know, put uh, understanding coach's defense for having gone against it while he was there and putting in positions, you know, to to open up some things, um, and, and they got the win. So hats off to Sark, and, uh, but just, you know, full faith in coach and, um, you know, moving forward for him. Oh, yeah, we got the hot takes going. Dynasty's over today. I didn't know if you, any of y'all knew that. Yeah, you know, I've I seen that one. The one that I think is the better take is what you were talking about with Sarkeesian, and that is a couple of years ago they went to Fayetteville to play Arkansas in How fairly cool. early September and got whacked. And rather than, you know, trying to kind of make excuses for it and say, well, if I play here or I play there, they just like, no, we got our ass kicked, and this is what this league is like. 
and they got their ass kicked that day on the line of scrimmage. Arkansas just ran it at them and stopped them on the other side, and they've changed the kind of defensive linemen they were recruiting. They changed the offensive linemen they were recruiting, and there were some growing pains. You saw it last year, but boy, look, I, you guys know more football than I'll ever even think about, but I kind of sometimes feel like I know what I'm seeing when I see a really good team. Texas looked like the deal. The thing that – the biggest difference in this game, in my opinion, and which he was getting at what he was talking about, is Alabama got zero sacks. Zero. Big goose egg. Texas had, I think, four, maybe five, four. But they controlled the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And that's where – and it looked – if you watch the game – Alabama has a, a lead, like Alabama has a lead going into the fourth quarter. They kind of got it back. They had done a good job for three quarters limiting. They didn't they didn't eliminate them, but they limited explosive plays um to a few. But in the fourth quarter, it looked like Texas had leaned on them, man, and they just started driving down. They they started sustaining drives in the fourth quarter. They had 21 point fourth quarter drives. I know my Heisman pick doesn't look so bad right now. Yeah, mine neither. Did you pick yours too? No, I got Jordan Travis at Florida oh, State. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I, they. Uh, I'm but, with you, Quinn. I'm with you, Jordan. Um, but anyway, no, the. Uh, but yeah, I thought that would be interesting to get your take on that because I know you you know kind of both sides of that and all that. But right. dude, I appreciate watch, watching watching Sark. Uh, you know the reverence that he has for Coach Saban uh, at the end. Um, you know, and I saw Bo Davis, who's the D line coach at Texas, was coaches. Uh, defensive line at Bama when we were there together. The man. and a, just, Right, just the level of respect and love and admiration uh, that they have for Coach that we all do. And, uh, you know, they had a great night, but Bama, that thing ain't over. Coach is going to get them rolling. Yeah, I'd slow my roll a little bit, considering how the SEC West looks. <laughs> they get, the whole SEC. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. But, the uh, yeah, it's not uh, – it's not exactly murder's row, I don't think. So, brother, I appreciate you being so generous with your time today. Uh, I, I kept you longer than I usually do. I appreciate your time. And, and really, hey, I appreciate you all kidding aside, sharing your uh, 9-11 story and all that stuff. I know some people are kind of – I don't know why, but uh, I just think it's something very important for us to start the show with today, and I appreciate the hell out of you yep. with that. Appreciate you guys. And Google Chrome for the win again. <laughs> Dude, two in a row. Two and oh. <laughs> They're they're too. I wasn't even going to talk about it. I'm like, it's just working. Don't mention yeah. it. Just keep keep going. He's don't he don't like jinxing things. <laughs> yeah, I'm superstitious. All right, brother. All right, Jeff. Thank you. Appreciate you. Oh, that's a beautiful look. That was Jeff Collins, former uh, Temple coach, former Georgia Tech coach, former coordinator at a bunch of places. Visits with us every Monday on Mayhem Monday. So we appreciate his time very very much. You know what time it is, Neil? You know, on Saturday, I kind of felt like, you know, hey, I had a decent day. And then on Sunday, as I'm watching it <laughs> unfold, I'm like, so much for that. You had the most Jekyll and Hyde weekend of all time. You went five and one. Let's, let's, it's time to go over the Mayor Rain picks of the weeks, and then we'll talk about the games as we go. My man, Neil, comes out of the gate in college, and you go five and one, hitting your money line. Yeah. I, only one I missed was the A&M. one that you and I picked together. Yeah, where I struggled, I went two and four in college, 
And I'm like, oh, boys, I'm going to have to start getting serious about this. I'm going to be in a haunted house. My wife, by the way, is not very excited about that. She told me I better, she said the effing word, too, I better effing win because she didn't want me to bring those evil spirits back to the house. <laughs> and then on Sunday, you allowed me, you had a chance to open up a lead here. The gate, the door was wide open. Yeah. And my man went 0 for 5 in the NFL. And a bad 0 for 5. I was close with the Saints. And a little close with the commanders, but everything else was a total disaster. So you let me back in it. So we'll so for the week you were five and six, but even you didn't lose or gain any units because you hit basically a two for one with your money line. Right. All right. I went five and six as well and I lost a unit. Okay. So I'm taking a one unit lead into this week. Okay. We're not doing very well. But guess we're what? Not. I'm gonna tell everybody like, hey, slow your rolls. And for those of you that like to say, well, we're gonna fade Siski, go ahead at your own risk. Cause we're getting close to where I start picking it up because I've got I got some film and I'm I'm you tired of it. Probably should fade me. That yeah. would be wise on well, your part. You can't do that when you hit five and one. So you did good in college. If you'd taken us both, you'd taken my NFL in your college, you had a good weekend. All right, Neil, we'll start it off. Uh, both of us both had uh, Ole Miss uh, at Tulane. Line was at seven and a half. Uh, we took the Ole Miss Rebels both, and we both won. So that was a that was a win for your boy. I somehow snuck that out. Um, all right, so I know you've talked about it all day, so I'll I'll, I'll give you my thoughts. Um, obviously, the glaring issue for me was Saturday was offensive line play. Um, I for said, Ole Miss, for yeah. Ole Miss, yeah. Uh, you know, if you if you're looking for something to to get better at, obviously, and and look, I'm not coaching the guys. I don't know what they're being taught, but there looked to be some communication issues up front. We're, they were late fanning out to the uh, to edge pressure, um, late fanning out, and then they just didn't communicate it well. I don't know if they're doing mic points or what, but there was some run throughs. Just seemed to be a communication issue up front. Um, and created a lot of negative plays and kept them behind the chains. And that was probably the biggest difference in that game is when Ole Miss could stay ahead of the chains and get something going to start a drive, they went boom, 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 boom. They went. They took off. But when they when they got behind the chains, they had a tough time sustaining drives. Well, with Trey Harris out, they didn't have some of the weapons that you need. They they no Trey Harris, no Caden Priestcorn. They were they were a little limited offensively. It showed when he went out. That's a an issue for them moving forward because I I think they're going to be without Harris for a little while. Yeah, and uh, going to the Cooper Chevrolet chat, our good friend, our resident troll Dwight, who does nothing but troll in the in the chat. I think he's just a constant. He, he's got to be like a straight robot or something. All he does is troll. Mm-hmm. He says, "What about that defense?" Okay. And last week I got my eyes drilled out because I said they were terrible. I'm sure you've heard. I've heard. You've heard. A little. They, they're still not very good. How about that? They're not terrible. They're just not very good. So we'll we'll give them up a grade. Here's the thing. They got pushed around. Here's the thing. And I said this on the Oxford Exxon podcast, which is an Ole Miss show. So I'm, I'll be quickly repetitive, and then I'm moving on. We're going to find out in 12 days. <laughs> Literally, it is, as we say this, it's 231. Okay? In 12 days and about four minutes. They're going to kick off in Tuscaloosa. Yes. And we're going to find out. We're going to find out in 12 days. Not going to learn anything Saturday. Ole Miss is going to beat Georgia Tech. Alabama's going to beat South Florida. But then on the next week in Tuscaloosa, we're going to find out a whole lot about Ole Miss. This is true. 
and a lot about Alabama maybe, but we're going to find out a whole lot about Ole Miss. And so I'm just kind of like, I'm waiting until week from Saturday. There you go. You're waiting I, for I, 14 days for your judgment. 12 days. And about. Oh, yeah. I guess, and about I guess it is Monday, right? And about three minutes. That's it. Because you know what I'm about to say. When they kick off that game, it's going to be zero to zero. <laughs> 15.00 QTR1. They're going to do a thing at midfield. They're going to let the Ole Miss captain call it because they're the road team. Yeah. He's either going to say heads or tails. He's either going to get it right or get it wrong. Someone's going to defer, and someone with the strong right leg is going to kick a ball through the end zone. Okay? Yep. And then they're going to, the special teams are going to leave the field. Some team's offense is going to come on. The other team's defense is going to come on. They're going to put the ball at the 25-yard line. It's still going to go 15.00. And when the center snaps it, they're going to start the clock. And we're going to find out. It's the CBS game, so four hours later, we'll know the, we'll know the outcome. <laughs> four hours and 297 commercials later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there it is. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know – what, what do we what do we know? I don't think we know a lot. I mean, we I think we were kind of quote cheated out of an opportunity to learn a little bit. Michael Pratt is a lot better than the. the but a win's a win, dude. No, no, no. It's yeah. a win. It's a win. I'm not, I'm not diminishing the win. I'm not at all. Ole Miss had adversity to overcome too. I'm simply saying from a what? How good is the defense? How bad is the defense? Where is the defense? They've played Mercer and they've played Tulane without Michael Pratt. Fair. I would submit that we just don't have enough. Uh, Evidence to render a verdict. Okay. All right. And if that makes me, if that makes me a cop out or whatever, I'm, I'm just, I just, whatever. I mean, if I were in the jury box, I'd be like, I need to hear a little more. There you go. All right. Your second game, Neil, which was the greatest cover in the history of covers so far this year. We in had the it year all 2023. The way. We had it all the way. Oregon covers. There's never a doubt. Did you see the ending yes. of this? <laughs> this is great. They sco They were literally trying to win the football game. They were 15 yards away from getting into field goal range to win the game. And, dude, we knew something was up. We just knew something was up. And they forced the fumble. They cover. Good for you there. All right, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, uh, you and I both have this game. We both lost it. Texas A&M on the road at Miami. Hell of an entertaining game. Very entertaining and – I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure Texas A&M fans are in their fields. I'm sure people that don't like Texas A&M are just trolling all get out. But I would, all I, of this is true. I would. I'm not. Uh, that was a good game, man. That was two good teams. I thought Texas A&M looked really good on offense. Special teams killed them. Um, had a couple picks. That one was the last play of the game, and he had to. He was trying to make a play. So, but he had one pick. It cost him a little bit. But look, Texas A&M is a good football team, man. Minus the back end, they got some back end issues. They got to get figured out. I mean. They had our boy, was it Van Dykes out there looking like god dang Tom Brady out there. Van Dyke was terrific. Five TDs, no interceptions, very efficient. Yeah. Was completing passes on all levels. I'm not ready to throw it, away it, Texas A&M. No, I, I'm not either. Here's what's interesting about A&M is that A&M offensively, they, they look the part. I mean, the quarterback's good. But now defensively, I got some issues now. Well, they're good. Like they're good. They have good D line. They're good. They're good up front. You know what I'm saying? Like they they got dudes up front. They just in the back end, man. And and how much is that is like them really struggling the back end? How much of it is is Miami really good? Because Miami is good, dude. I said it last week. Everybody was. You did. Uh, they're they're better. I'm trying to tell everybody they're better. They're what 
they are this year what you thought Mario Cristobal was going to do in Miami with the players. That talent is starting to show up. Yeah. That they've been recruiting since he got there. Now, are they the best team in the country? I, I'm not ready to go there yet, but they're good. Those were two good teams and one loss. That game was closer than the score, too, but it was just two good, good, two good teams. I'm not ready to throw away Texas A&M yet, especially with, with the way that the league is. All right, your fourth win, Neil. You took the Memphis Tigers versus the Arkansas State Red Wolves, and that was just a colossal. I just couldn't pick against my Red Wolves, man. I'm, I'm emotionally attached. Spent seven years of my career there. However, my Red Wolves have only managed to score three points in the last two games. Yes. They got shut out, and they scored three against Memphis. I did not have the uh, emotional handcuffs on me here. <laughs> and this was an easy one. <laughs> this was, yeah, easy, this was easy pickings. Yeah, man. My Red Wolves. It's just, it's, they've scored three points in two games. Once against Oklahoma, okay. Once against Memphis, not okay. All right, the UCLA Bruins. You went against your San Diego State Aztecs, yeah, and it worked for you. They win thirty-five to ten in cover, yeah, against San Diego State. How about that? Yeah, I can't believe you went against San Diego State. Hey, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm off to a good start on San Diego State games. I got a good read on the Aztecs. Going to the Cooper Chevrolet chat, my man Snoop says fight song wasn't called. That's why they didn't score. <laughs> it's probably true, Snoop. Probably true. All right, um, and then you hit the first money line win of the week, of the year, excuse me. Yeah. You take the Washington State Cougars plus 200 at home over Wisconsin. I'm actually the proudest of this one because I do a lot of like, I don't know, It's a, this, is a, this is a gut feeling. On this one, I actually did a little research Okay, felt good about it. Just felt like Washington State was going to hit some big plays, and I thought that Wisconsin, they just don't have – what they don't have the personnel in year one yeah. that you need to have to do what they're trying to do. They started. I thought this game. If you watch this game, it looked like uh, Washington State was going to run away with it. Yeah, and then Wisconsin fought they, back. They kind of found something. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying it's not exactly. I agree 200 percent what you're saying. They don't have their dudes yet. Yeah. But they kind of found something there late, yeah. later in the game no, it's worth that they noting. could probably build off of and 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 look moving forward. Yeah, the people that are writing them off right now, you're you're wrong. Yeah, and they got an easy, easier and, schedule. And too. Washington State's good, especially at home. Yeah. Tough trips, almost as hard as going to Missouri or Arkansas. I don't know if you knew that or not. I've heard that that's the case. All right, Neil, my college picks. Um, we've already talked about the Ole Miss game. I actually won. All right, uh, hammered this one. I may do it again this week. They may be my new, my new people I pick on. I had Wake Forest uh, minus 10 against uh, Vandy. Dude, Vandy's – I mean, I, I mean – I love you, brother. I know it's a family thing you got there with Clark Lee, yeah. and I don't mean to be picking on your brother like that. But, dude, they're not very good. Um, Let's we'll see if I can get him on the show at Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, please. I mean, uh, I hope he's here at Christmas time. Um, <laughs> like, I just don't. I don't see them. They're just. It's bad, dude. I mean, all all facets, and they're trying. I mean, it's not like they're. I mean, to call them. They're they're playing sound football. They're just not good enough right now. Um, but. I may pick against them just to do it. I haven't watched one snap at UNLV yet. All right. Um, I had Alabama uh, minus seven against Texas, and I was wrong on that one. Um, all right, let's talk about this Alabama game. Okay. First thing, like we talked about with Jeff, I've already talked about the offensive line and things up front. 
But I want to talk about this Milrow thing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because Nick Saban admitted that he thought at one point about doing a quarterback change. The first pick, it's not – and I want to stress this. He Yes, he had he missed a wheel route for a touchdown. They missed several opportunities. They missed wheel route on a touchdown. But from overall just throwing the football, it's not terrible. The actual, the actual event of the ball coming out of his hand and going somewhere is not terrible. If you just don't look at the release part of it and all that stuff. Here comes, yeah, I mean, here comes better, the problem. Better than Joe Burrow. Yeah, here comes the problem. It's like the first pick, it's the most obvious cover two situation in the history of man, and he just throws a strike to the corner sitting in the flats. I mean, he's cutting him loose. He's got his butt to the, to the receiver. You know he's cutting him loose. He's not in any kind of quarters or two read or anything, and he's sitting there waiting on the out route. And it's just, I'm talking about that's day one install stuff for a quarterback. Mm -hmm. High load the corner. Okay, that's day one install. And he throws a freaking strike, stares it down, and throws a strike to the corner thinking he's going to bail on the go, and he's trying to hit the five-yard out. That's that's day one install. High school teams run that. That's day one install. Um, Bad. Second pick he throws, he is staring, staring down. I mean, and that's where I got – Watch him throw. He is just staring down throws, man, and you can't do that. Okay, so to our the Cooper Chevrolet hotline, or chat room, I should say, R2D4 says, is Milrose issues fixable? Honest answer. I don't know, man. I mean, I'd have to li- really – I like the kid. He is the most likable kid He appears ever. to be a wonderful kid, and he's got great wheels. He's phenomenal. But, but Tyler, his decision-making – That was bad, dude. So what do you, you well you've worked for Nick Saban you've been in the room he with won't Nick put up Saban with it. he won't that's the thing is he won't put up with it very long I mean and, and and I was surprised he answered the way he did in the press conference I would not be surprised if other guys get shots this week they play South Florida on the road um, but they they got to have an answer because all you got to do is start rolling coverages I mean there's there was issues because here's the thing right it's where it gets interesting for Alabama. They uh, they get South Florida on Saturday. They'll that's, win, they'll win there. They'll win there. The following games, though, are interesting for them. You get Ole Miss at home. Got to go to Mississippi State. Mississippi State had some issues of their own, but it's still in Starkville. They got to go to College Station. Got to play Arkansas. Got to play Tennessee. Got to play LSU. I mean, the schedule here in a minute, you – you can't have a quarterback making tons of mistakes. He's got to have it figured out by like in two weeks. You can't go in, in my opinion. So give me your gut feeling, just your gut feeling. Who is the quarterback for Alabama when Ole Miss comes to town in twelve days? I I would need to see the other kid play. Right. I, I okay, really would have you, no would you, honest answer. Would you guess? I don't it know is, if he's any better. There's a reason he's not playing, right? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> he was asked about Tyler. Buckner today. Buckner will have the be the next guy in, right? Yeah, and he said he's they're pleased with the level of improvement he's made. But there's Which a reason. Yeah, there's a reason. There, he's not just going. Look, we can call it what we want to. The answer is not always just throwing the next guy out there. There's a reason his ass is on the bench and not out there to begin with. He's done something to sit over there instead of instead of taking a snap. Does that make sense? Yes. And I'm not at practice. I don't know what those reasons are. Is it because he can't throw a, an accurate pass? Is it because he's making bad decisions? Why is he standing over there? But yeah. there is a reason. He's yeah. not just doing it because he just likes likes the kid. Um, but decision-making was bad. Uh, and then like we talked about, you know, Alabama gets sacked four times and they get no sacks on Texas. That's the difference. And they were able to lean on them a little bit in the second, in the fourth quarter. They had 21 point fourth quarter. 
All right, um, let's move on. Auburn Tigers. I actually stayed up and watched every play of this game. Probably the most fortunate win of Hugh Freeze's career. I have no idea how they won that game. I mean, there was no part of me that, like you, even after it went final and it said 0-0-0 in the fourth quarter, I was like, did they, can they still lose? Like, I was just waiting on them to lose the game. The defensively was they they were terrible in rush lanes, better than last week actually. So they came, they actually got a few less votes in the terrible defense of AP, AP AP poll. They did fix some alignment issues that they had in week one, but they're still not disciplined in pass lanes. And a quarterback for Cal could run around like a chicken with his head cut off. And they were getting that, they weren't keeping containing. The guy was just breaking off, you know, runs. Um, and they just drove the field, the length of the field, the whole game, and then Auburn got really Timely stops and negative plays, had some penalties, field goal kicker missed some kicks. Um, and then offensively, I, I will say this. Offensively, they were terrible. And I'm going to say this too. Here's my hot take. Hugh Freeze ain't going to watch that shit much longer now. He's I, not going to watch that much longer. I think he called them terrible today. I think he said the offense was terrible. Uh, he'll, I mean, he's, he, ain't, he ain't lying. He won't watch it very much longer. I can tell you that. There were, there were, so what's their move? They, Ashford? What? I didn't Again, watch the game. I, yeah, it was so, too late. I was tired. All right, Peyton Thorne, I know for a fact, because I watched the game, I know I saw at least two or three. Like, this is the stuff I'm talking about. He was reading the wrong side of the field. Like, the ball should be going over here. He's throwing it over here. That's no bueno, boss. No bueno. They turned the ball over four times. Not good. And when he was making the right decision, he wasn't very accurate in what it, when he's throwing the ball. I mean, that's that's like a combination of recipe for disaster. Um, but when Robbie gets in the game, Robbie's the one that that can do it. But, like, he's running. He's got two guys kicking out blockers, and he's trying to run the playground move. He doesn't understand that you've got to read blocks and blow it up in there for explosive runs instead of trying to run around the corner and there being a 1% chance you go the distance. If he would just run the offense, and I, I guarantee you I know Hugh's frustrated with it, like – there was nothing wrong with the play calls. Absolutely nothing wrong with the play calls. Schematically, they were fine. It was the people running the plays. The execution was terrible. Um, it really was. But I can tell you this. You ain't going to sit there and watch that much longer. I, I, I love him. I do. I wish he was calling plays. This is nothing against Phil. I think Phil's great. But in my opinion, Hugh Freeze is one of the best in-game play callers of my generation. And with him not calling plays, I mean, he sees things, man. He, he's good. And you can like him, hate him, or whatever it is, but he's really good. So I, I would imagine he's going to have a little bit more to say on the offensive side of the ball this week. Uh, they play Sanford before they start their gauntlet. Yeah, they're, their schedule is about to get real. So we'll, we'll see on, on, on what that is. All right, Neil, you know what time it is? Yeah, there's still a college game we have to talk about. There's still one more college game we got to talk about. So, um, Nebraska. Nebraska played Colorado. In Boulder. Yeah. I'll, I'll get it. You talk about I'll get them. Let's okay. talk about Yeah, Nebraska played uh, Colorado in Boulder. Nebraska started a little slow. Um, I'm sorry. I meant to say Colorado started a little slow. Got going in the second half. Ended up pulling away with a fairly easy. What are you doing? Who are you? Are you talking about <laughs> oh my God. Colorado? Sit, sit down. Sit 
we are talking about Colorado. Are you talking about the Colorado? <laughs> I can't see you. There you go. Buffaloes. And scoot that way. <laughs> yes, the Colorado Buffaloes. The Joker, I went to the hotel the night before the game. And I convinced, I convinced Jeff Sims to fumble four, four quarterback center exchanges. Just so the trolls of Colorado would really, really love their team and they could get college game day this week. But at the end of the day, Neil, at the end of the day, we all know who they are. Who are they, Joker? They're pretenders. (laughs) Pretenders. They're pretenders. The most overrated team. In college football. <laughs> the most overrated team. And so this week, they yeah. get to host the Colorado State Rams. Yes. You know what color the Colorado State Rams are, Neil? They are Joker Green. They are Joker Green. I'm so scared right now. <laughs> <I just. laughs> and so come come Thursday on Make It Rain Thursday, the Joker will be coming back. To make an appearance or make it rain. This is going to be so many memes. Please follow us on TikTok. It's McCrady and Siski podcast on TikTok. Because if we had 4,000 more followers, this would probably be a moneymaker. You know what's going to happen? What's that, Heath? I mean, mean, Tyler. The Joker will have something worked out for the Colorado State Rams this weekend. Just letting everybody know. Can you give us a sneak preview? No, I'll see you Thursday. Ah, that was uh, Joker making his debut appearance here on McCready and Siski. What happened? What I miss? Uh, it's too much to even talk about. At I got you. It's too much. Yeah, that that uh, Nebraska lost. I didn't know if you knew that or not. I, I was aware. Okay. Uh, TikTok was fun again this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love it. I'm not sure that didn't feel it. I love just it. Then. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. All right. NFL, Neil. We'll, we'll change the NFL and then we'll get us, get us out of here for today. All right. I got it. I'm just going to go ahead and start, start us with it, man. Yep. Our Cincinnati Bengals. Whew. Should probably bring out Joker. Should probably come talk about the Bengals. Wow. Um, just get just waxed against the Browns yesterday. All right, so Burrow Burrow was bad. How much of Burrow's bad? He didn't forget how to play quarterback. So this is my concern is that this was physical. Is this his calf? Well, he was over there like grabbing his calf and rubbing his calf and stuff, but like dude, they didn't protect him and the we were talking about this morning and maybe <laughs> let the memes uh, ride, but you know, he's got small hands and it was wet and nasty. Yeah, and he yeah. looked like he was, and there was a lot of, there was a lot the of wind, but I've never noticed the weather bother him before. Now, I will tell you this, that stadium is right by Lake Erie. I don't know if you've ever been to it. No, it is right next to the, the rock and roll hall of fame right there on the lake. And when the wind is blowing off that lake, it's a real thing. I just don't know. I've just never noticed the weather affecting before. 
and it looked bad yesterday. I mean, they were – I don't know. I sent you the thing at halftime. He was like 6 of 14 for 36 yards or something in the, in the first half. I mean, and it didn't get any better in the second. They just ended up pulling him. Uh, but they, they didn't cover. Well, the game was decided. There was no reason to keep him on the field. Yeah. I mean, they, you just don't see that very often in right. an NFL game, you know? No. All right. Um, next game, Steelers and 49ers. Dude. Ooh. Let me tell you something. Uh, the 49ers, when I say we're dominant. Yeah. I mean – Every Steeler fan in America right now is so thankful for the New York Giants because that was what kind of performance that was. And it wasn't – Kenny Pickett was not very good, but they got dominated, dude. Um, I'm going to go into the – Dwight, I'm going to do what I I've promised I wouldn't do, and that's respond to a troll. Until you've – if you've been to Cincinnati, if you've been to Cincinnati and you've been to a game there and you've been to a game in Cleveland, you would know that the two bodies of water that you're trying to compare are not exactly the same. <laughs> One is a river that separates Kentucky and Ohio. The other is one of what they call the Great Lakes. Lake effect snow. Have you ever heard of lake of river effect snow in <laughs> Cincinnati? It's because there's no such creature. Have you ever heard of Sardis Lake snow? <laughs> I mean, come, carry on. All right. I, I, will, I will do my best to uh, okay. I'll do my best to not feed the troll again. All right. Yeah, he's he's excited right now. He's got mentioned twice oh, today. I'm sure, he's fired up. He'll be right on here, on, right on here tomorrow. First one. All right, the Steelers. Uh, besides Pickett, they played okay. I mean, just the the 49ers just kicked their ass. I'm talking about dominated the game. Yeah, that game. I went back and watched some of it. That game to me was much more about how good the Niners are than any concern the Steelers should have. The Steelers are going to be, be fine. fine. Yeah. I agree 100. percent All right, the Washington Commanders. You lose this game. The Washington Commanders squeak one out 20 to 16, but did not cover the seven point spread. Right. Um, and they managed to have a struggle win against people who were probably bagging groceries two weeks ago because the Arizona Arizona Cardinals are doing their best to tank uh with their roster. And the commanders just, I mean, what you had thought, they were just okay, but yeah, you know, it's the NFL, man. 20 to 16, they don't cover. All right, the New Orleans Saints um played the Titans. 16-15, they were minus three. It did not cover. They win 16-15. to 15. Um, Look, at the end of the day, the Titans couldn't finish drives, man. They they ended up kicking five field goals. Uh, the Saints did what they had to do to win the game. Not very sexy, but If you're the, the Titans, listen, the worst thing you can do this year, in my opinion, is go win seven or eight games. I, I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. I, they're not – it's not going to happen with Ryan Tannehill. I don't know, man. You don't get any arguments from me. It's not going to happen with Ryan Tannehill. You need another quarterback. I don't think Will Levis is that quarterback. You need another quarterback. At what point do you just? I mean, they've tried. They've tried the Malik Willis experiment. Now they, they're trying to Will Levis experience. Like, when do you just say bump it and you got to go? So go hard to get do. a guy. You know this. It is so hard in any sport. It is one thing to go. Hey, we're going to tank. Okay. It's another thing to actually tank. Well, I think they got I've, I've talked about to, to not tank. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they're going to tank, but I'm saying like, at what point do you say we got to give up some things to go get a guy? Well, I, mean, I think they're there. But, they, but like, the I, tanking thing, I, I always tell the people, hey, we got to tank for so-and-so. I get it. I understand it. I'm just telling you the oh, – I think Bryce Harper just tied this game. He did. Um, when – I love Bryce Harper. Um, I think when you when you have to make that decision as an organization, hey, we're 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 going to take 
a major step back here. You've got to be transparent with your fan base. I cheer for two organizations that have done it, the Cubs, the Thunder, where they told their they told their fans, Theo Epstein, we are going to suck. <laughs> he said that on the day that the St. Louis Cardinals won the World Series. We are going to suck for a while. And they did. But they drafted and they did the thing, and then they spent when it was time to spend. The Thunder took all the big steps back. They traded Russell Westbrook. They traded Paul George. They traded Carmelo Anthony. They traded everybody that had any value at all, and they rebuilt. But it's one thing to tell your fans you're going to do it. It's another thing to to actually do it. And I don't know that the Titans, they want to build this new stadium, and they want to do all these things. Are you going to be honest with your fans and go, hey, we rode a horse too long. We've got to go find the new horse, and it's going to take a minute. I, I don't know the answer to that. But Ryan Tannehill is not taking the Tennessee Titans to a Super Bowl. No, hell no. No. All right, Neil. And then, and possibly, not possibly, now granted, my, my life is a lot different today than it was in the last 20 years. Quite possibly, if not the worst NFL performance I've ever seen by a team. Took place last night on NBC at 720. The best part of that, of yes, last night, yeah. was me getting to see Carrie Underwood and her new giddy-up. That was the best part. How was Carrie? Oh, dude. She's doing good. Was Aaron in the room when, when Carrie performed? Nope, she left. She got up and left. Gave me, gave me the space that I deserved. Let you have some private time with Carrie? Yeah, we had a little private moment. Me and Carrie. That's good. Save all the jokes for right now on that one. <laughs> I just set myself up. Woo! Well, there's your softball to knock out the park. It's like just a 30-second performance, right? <laughs> It was, uh, I don't know how long it was, but she did good. She sang very well. Great voice. Great voice. But, oh, my God. Like, seven sacks, block kick. The only thing that happened great about that game last night was I had the Cowboys. I'm not even going to look down yet until I finish my thought. (laughs) I had the Cowboys uh, defense in my fantasy league, and they scored a record 35 points uh, for my fantasy league. Daniel Jones plays like he can only read Braille and the playbook was a pop-up book. Well, dude, that wasn't, I mean, he was running for his life. Yeah, it wasn't just him. It wasn't just him. No. He was shook. He was seeing ghosts, man. I mean, the dude was getting mauled, annihilated. Neil, the right tackle from Alabama. Evan Neal. Evan Neal was getting just abused. Like, I honestly think the front office from the Giants should go to the – and they would probably work in today's world up in New York. They should go press charges against what the Cowboys came in to New York and did to them. That was – Probably that, illegal in most states. Yeah, definitely illegal in New York City. I don't know. Nothing's really illegal in New York City. Holy smokes. Seven sacks, picks, turnovers, can't, can't move the ball besides the first drive. Pretty much as bad as a football game can look. I mean, it was it's atrocious. I mean, it was embarrassing. I don't even know how Jets, uh, Giants fans are even living today. It's terrible. All right. Did you watch to the end? I did. Wow. I did. I didn't make it to halftime. Yeah, I watched. Maybe I'm just, I'm glutton for punishment, I guess. All right, Neil. I went, you as you went 0 5, I went 3 and 2. I yeah. uh, started off my, uh, the Lions on Thursday night. The Lions uh, go and beat the Chiefs outright 21 to 20. What a game that was. But let me tell you what, though, man. You talking about getting lucky? That was one where you look, oh, yeah, I won. Yeah. But, dude, the Chiefs 
the Chiefs should have covered. Hang on to one pass and you got it. Dude, I'm talking about can't catch. I mean, they couldn't catch a cold, butt-naked winner. I mean, they were bad. I've never seen NFL receivers not catch the football like that. Like, that's what you get paid to do. That was, that was terrible. And then one of the drops was a pick six, right? Um, the Lions did good. The Chiefs would be fine as long as they can find somebody to catch the football. There was some uh, – but, yeah, that was bad, dude. And, and, look, Patrick Mahomes played his ass off. Oh, yeah. Played great. But he they got to they gotta do the simple things. Big drive for Jared Goff in the second half of the game. It was a big – it was a big – He's, hey, he's, he's good, good. No, he's good. He's legit. People – you know, everybody gave up on him. He's pretty good. All right, uh, Carolina Panthers. I lost this one. I'm sure GJG's in here to give me shit today. Yep. Um, I mean, did talk a lot of trash about his team. I will continue to, by the way. I understand. Um, the Panthers lose 24-10. Bryce Young, you talking about – he looked – he did a really good job extending plays, getting out of the pocket. But, dude, he made the same kind of – Deal, man. I mean, this is the National Football League. He threw two picks on the same play, throwing it to the same guy, and got picked off by the same guy doing the same thing. Got baited. Like you, you don't. They they cover you in the NFL. And he got he got cross keyed by the safety on three running a, a vertical route. But they're doing the right thing. Get the learning, get the growing pains out of the way. Yeah, play. He did some good. He did some good things. He did. with moving in the pocket and things like that. But he his did. his mistakes just can't. Like he threw one in the short field, scored a touchdown. He, his mistakes hurt them in that game, uh, and you just can't do that in the NFL. Uh, Atlanta's okay. Atlanta's Atlanta's what I thought they were. They're going to be a what, what, how many games are playing now? Seventeen. Yep. They're a four and thirteen team. Ooh. They're still they still suck. So don't get excited, GJ. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, they did cover somehow. Um. Yeah, thank you, you. Thank you to Anthony Richardson for being Anthony Richardson. Um. Throws a, a useless pick. Um. Throws it into garbage. Gets it. Gets it picked. And they come back and they cover. Backdoor McCready. Thirty-one to twenty-one. Yep. Uh. Big takeaway from this was pretty simple. Anthony Richardson has to learn that he's in the National Football League now, and not college. When it goes, he, you can't run these guys over. He got knocked out of the game late. Yeah. And you because he he instead of slide, I mean he would try to take on guys mm, like he's a running back. You're not. And they hit your ass on Sundays. Yeah. And I mean it, it he kept he took so many licks. I think he just got a accumulation and I mean it's a long season. We got sixteen more to go. It you, is. you gotta you gotta learn. Yep. All right. Um and then the Philadelphia Eagles, they cover twenty five to twenty, won that one, twenty five to twenty over the Pats. Typical NFL football game. They jump out 16 to nothing, and then they started to sleepwalk, and the Patriots found something. They were dead. They were, like, dead on arrival. They were ready to just check out, and then they come back and actually had a chance to win the game at the end. Um, but they, they got stopped on fourth down, uh, and the Eagles covered there. Dude, Eagles are good. Um, Eagles are legit. And then the Patriots, I saw some some things, not at the beginning, but you saw some things, little signs of life for them in the, in the second half that they look a little bit better than they were last year. Um, only other NFL game I want to talk about. Did you watch the Chargers and Dolphins game? I did not. Best game of the weekend. Uh, went back and forth. Uh, Tyreek Hill's still good, in case you didn't know. Not surprised. Yeah, he's still running away from people. But uh, two really good football teams that will be in the playoffs and be making uh, significant noise uh, this season, but two really good football teams there. Two really good quarterbacks. Yes. When two is healthy, he's – yeah, he he did some. He's he, a, he's a dude. Yeah, he did some. He he put it on the spot. They he did some. He's they've very got to, they've got to make sure they protect him. They do. And then, 
I've always been a Herbert guy. I know people are sour on him, but I, I think he's only thing about Herbert, and I like he takes too many licks. Yeah, he's got a little same thing. Rich oh, him, right? same thing. He's taking too many licks. And you remember last year? Um, matter of fact, it was against Kansas City because we talked about it. You remember when he takes this? He throws like a forty-yard BB, and he takes the shot to the ribs, and he wasn't. After that game, he kind of protected himself, protected himself the rest of the year. He's got to do that, man, if he wants to stick around. They're paying him too much money. All right, Neil, um, I want to go back because I skipped over this to make sure we had time. Some SEC games I want to talk about that I think have that we need to discuss because they may have some stuff going forward that we did not bet on. Middle Tennessee went to Missouri. And last week I warned you. I said, hey, you did. it's got a chance. Dude, Missouri is just not very good, man. No. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Thursday, I'm late. My lock of the century. And fade, fade, me, on, fade me at your own will on this. You're more than welcome to. Kansas State's fisting to go beat Agreed. dog shit Agreed. out of Missouri. 100%. And it's at five right now? That's such dis- – that's, so, that's not even close. Agreed. A double-digit win. Uh, Missouri is quarterback play. Running back's not fast enough up front. It's not going to work. Um, Arizona, uh, which was a really good football game to watch as a fan. Arizona and Mississippi State went to overtime. And every single time Mississippi State had them on the line to make them quit, dude, I am really like watching um, Jaden DeLara, the quarterback at Arizona, Dude, he is a gunslinger, and he does not care. He will throw four picks and throw four touchdowns. He is he wheeled his team back into that game single handedly. Um, really fun to watch. I, I'm I, I'm a fan now. I like watching the guy play. Um, he is reckless with the football, and he's reckless with his body, and he is reckless with his throws. I mean, he is, but he is fun and entertaining to watch. Um, he he got st- stopped, you know, just a basically a length short of uh, first down on fourth down, but that was a really good game. Uh, same thing. Mississippi State plays solid. They're not a great team. They're not a shitty team. They're just kind of in there, and they do what they're supposed to do. Um, I really like the running back marks. When when seven's in the game, there is a difference in their running game. When anybody else is in the game, I think he's a good player. Um, but they got they're getting they're going to get their lunch tested this week. So oh yeah, LSU Mississippi State should be an interesting game. I think uh, I'm going to take LSU to cover in that one probably. All right, and the last one I want to end on this when it comes to SEC play. Austin P went to Tennessee. Yep. Been saying it for two weeks, and I'm going to continue to say it. Joe Milton is not the guy. Averages grits. He can throw it 150 yards. It's not the same, man. Their offense is not the same. Because you don't have Hennon Hooker and you don't have the receivers, it is not the same. Should they, they turn are, to the freshman? I mean, I think they're going to make him make them screw it up. You know what I'm saying? Like they're winning, but dude, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's a receiver thing, quarterback. I, it's it's just it's not the same, man. I mean, this game was like six to three late in the second. You're playing Austin P. Yeah, you're Tennessee. Like, let's go. And so. Also, would like to be announcing on Make It Rain Thursday early pick. I don't know what the under is in the Florida-Tennessee game, but I will be betting it because both of them stink on offense and both of them are good on – Tennessee is good on defense. They are so much better defensively than they were. Florida is good on defense regardless of what you think about the offense. 
this may be like a, a, a two to nothing game on on Saturday. I don't know if any of them can score. I kind of like Florida in this game. I'm maybe to even, win or to cover. Uh, to cover certainly, and maybe straight up. Dude, did we go? Let me ask you a question. We'll finish with this. Did we go too hot? Did we go too hot on the Florida is dead hot takes because they played the first game of the year before we saw the rest of the SEC? I mean, probably. I didn't do Florida's dead. I don't. Well, you didn't, but how many people did? Oh, lots of people. That there's so many of these overreactions to games that look. We talked about this a little bit the other day. I talked about it on Saturday night in our post game show repeatedly. I've seen everybody now. It's early, and there are teams that are playing with injuries. Stuff's, you know, teams are new coordinators, new whatever. If you told me that the only team out of the SEC in the playoff was Georgia, I'd buy it. In fact, I think as of today, that's the only team in the SEC that has a chance to get to the playoff. And if you told me Georgia got whacked by somebody in a semifinal because they don't have enough offense to actually compete against a really good team, I'd buy it. The league's not very good right now. And we can make excuses for it. We can start to try to dissect it. We can whatever, for whatever reason or set of reasons. And I can run through it really fast. I just don't buy anybody. Georgia's defense, legit. Offense, it's pretty pedestrian. Tennessee, you just talked, they don't have any offense. They're all right. Tennessee's all right. They're fine. There's nothing special about them. Kentucky is, like I wrote, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and just say they were bored with Eastern Kentucky. But there were some problems there. Vanderbilt sucks. Missouri sucks. I don't think Florida's good. Uh, who am I leaving out in the East? South Carolina. Yuck. Yuck. On a home opener, should be pretty ready to go. They had a hard time putting Furman away. In the West, um, we talked about LSU. I, I, I still, if you told me to hang on to a team and embrace it with all with your claws, I'd still hang on to LSU because I think they may have been the team that just played the best team. I don't know that. We'll see. I do not disagree with that. Um, but they got some issues to fix. And they let Grambling hang around for a little while. It wasn't competitive. It was never in doubt. But they slept, walked through it a little bit. Whatever. At a quarter. At a quarter. But I want to hey, look, look. I, I want to see what LSU looks like in Starkville on Saturday morning. Well, we finally get to see a couple of SEC, SEC games. I mean, we're going to see a little something. We'll I'm, talk about but, I, tomorrow. but I'm curious about LSU. And then we talked about Alabama. When you don't have quarterback play, and they didn't, when you don't have quarterback play, what, let me get to, what else you don't have? You don't have margin for error. Correct. When you don't have quarterback play, you don't have margin for error. And, hey, right now, they don't have quarterback play. Talked about Auburn. Whatever. It's year one. It's going to be difficult. He, They're going to have to recruit a little bit, I think. I, I just I don't look at them and go, oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to beat th- three or four teams. They might upset somebody. But th- th- there's a lot. There's a lot missing there. Uh, we talked about Ole Miss a lot. 
Ole Miss is the opposite of what I just described with Alabama so far this year. I mean, the, the Ole Miss people, the ones that are like, hey, is it time to make a change at quarterback? I'm like, are you insane? He's single-handed. Can I say something? You're about the, that he's the reason you won. Can I say something about that real quick? Yeah. On fourth and two, for the fans that don't know shit about football, on fourth and two at the end of the game, you're up three. They had a free runner at the quarterback. A free runner. Yeah. My boy just goes, yik, yik. And throws a touchdown pass. Yeah. Any, I mean, nine out of ten quarterbacks would be sitting on the ground. Yeah. They would have had the ball down three with a chance to win the game at the end of the game. He kind of made a Bryce Young play right yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna give him credit. Now, I'm a Dart fan. Okay. I know you are. I, I mean, oh, I'm biased. For those that you don't know, I like Jackson Dart. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks. But Love look, him. Ole Miss has a concern with its running game right now. It has not established its running game against Mercer or Tulane. Ole Miss benefited from the fact Saturday that Michael Pratt didn't play. Um, who have I left out? Arkansas. Arkansas struggled with um, um, Kent State. They're a hard team to figure out. Yeah, they right now. No, they've they're they've like got a they've got a veteran quarterback who makes plays. KJ Jefferson. They're playing without Rocket Sanders right now. They've got a bunch of new personnel on defense, and they they're doing some things. They're actually okay on defense, but they were supposed to be a, a really good running team, and they're having a hard time establishing the run. And Sam Pittman's getting frustrated with people who ask about it. Um, but yeah, they're kind of hard to figure right now. There's nothing about Arkansas that you look at right now and go, they're really good. We talked about A&M and look, I, I know everybody goes DJ Durkins, this DJ Durkins, that, and he's whatever. They got lit up like a Christmas tree defensively on Saturday against Miami, especially in the back end. And so, you know, they're vulnerable. I don't know who I've left out Mississippi state. I mean, they were fortunate to beat Arizona really. And then you, you get into, you just, I look at the league as a whole and I'm like, well, who's, Who's impressing me? And the answer so far is really nobody. To me, it seems like the SEC, this is what I feel like. You know how the SEC is always running this thing together? This is what it feels like. Every team in the SEC is just holding on to Georgia's leg as they're going by. Like, Georgia, Georgia. Everybody's holding their hat on Georgia right now because, that, hey, that's the only one. That, that's the only team that you can go, hey, we still, we still got it. I, was, I don't Look, I'm the biggest SEC homer there is. Okay, I love the SEC, but let's be realistic here. You can also have the argument that the SEC is the worst league in the Power Five right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's numbers against some of the other. They're like three and six in Power Five non-league games or something like that. They're not off to a good start at all. I you mean, can, and, and there've the been and there've been some near misses. I just, I don't know. I I just don't. I don't think they're. You know, I think, like you said, everybody's got questions. Uh, now, with that being said, which goes back, <coughs> excuse me, to my original point, is this is the year for a team like Florida. That Billy's in his second year. Yeah. He's got to win some games. You know what I'm saying? And this is his opportunity to steal Sh some sure. that normally, sure. you know, that we were chalking up automatic L's sure, in the sure. preseason. Sure. Hey, there's not necessarily automatic L's anymore. Right. No, there's a lot, of, teams, there's a lot right? of toss up games. That's what I, I, Everything I goes did. Toss -up. I do a, an exercise every uh, Sunday on my 10 weekend thoughts where I rank the teams one through 14. One was easy. One and 14 are easy. <laughs> 14 was pretty easy. 12 and 13 right now were kind of easy. After that, I mean, even starting at number two, I'm like, who's number two? I put Alabama there just because, I, I guess, out of respect, right? But that's it. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I mean, 
could be LSU. It could be Tennessee. It could be Ole Miss. It could be A&M. Maybe it's Arkansas. Maybe it's, I don't know, beats me. All those teams to me kind of look alike. I mean, there's some games that are coming up on the schedule for a lot of these teams that before the year, I'm like, that's an L. And now I'm like, I don't know, maybe not. You know, that, that game could get weird. And it starts Saturday. I mean, look, I think LSU is going to go into Starkville and pop them, but I'm going to have to see it first. Yeah. I'm going to have to see it next week. You know, um, you get you get those weird games like Arkansas going down to LSU. I think LSU is going to handle them, but I need to see it. But if you watch football all day long like I get a chance to do now, like I turn like I had the Auburn game on TV. I had I had USC on TV. Dude, USC, holy shit. Like you don't see that in the SEC. That that's what they look like. Now, defensively they play better, but offensively, holy smokes, man. They're USC is really good. When you watch Michigan play, Michigan's a complete team. They're really good. When you watch Florida State play, they're a complete team. They're really good. When you watch Miami play, they're better than what these like that what we consider these good SEC teams. Oh no! Like North- Te- Texas would beat everyone in the SEC right now, yeah, po- possibly including Georgia. Florida State would beat everyone in the SEC right now. Yeah. Um, the, the, the list kind of goes on. I there's mean, a, there's more than there has been in the past. Yeah. There's parity, and yeah. you know I I hear the transfer portal theories and all this stuff. Is the transfer portal making things more parity? Things could be. I don't know. We'll dive into um, it tomorrow. But it kind of yeah. is what it is. We'll dive into it tomorrow. Give us a, a natural uh, stopping point, launching pad tomorrow. We've been brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes. Zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Again, our uh, thanks to Jeff Collins for his uh, extended time today on McCready and Siski. Always great to hear from him on Mayhem Monday. I want to also thank Cooper Chevrolet for joining us. Um, Absolutely. And sponsoring the chat. I want to remind everybody that during September, remember that's the key part, during September, you can get a low 3.9% financing for 72 months on the new Chevrolet Silverado Crew Cab. Uh, make sure you go to cooperchevrolet.com to learn more. For Tyler Siski, I'm Neil McCready. Have a great rest of your Monday. See you tomorrow.